Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. See a bunch of people with us already on YouTube. We appreciate you being here right at the start of the show. You're going to miss important stuff if you missed the beginning, that's for sure. Smash that like button for us. Make sure you are uh, subscribed to our YouTube page. Follow, subscribe, all that great stuff on your preferred podcast app. And take 30 seconds to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Those things are very, very helpful. We've got a ton of Mailbag Monday leftovers to get to today. We're going to do that for sure. But we've got to start with the big news of the day. Samuel Savoie has signed his entry-level deal. He is officially a Blackhawk. And this, to me, is the best day of the summer Better than the Bedard draft day. Really? There I said it. Better than Bedard draft no, day. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like meatballs in here. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, no, it's just my... I thought it was just the scent just I let us. off as, it's, as I sweat. Just us in this office. Yeah, I mean, we... Uh, earlier in the spring, when there was a, a stretch of ELCs handed out... Um, uh, Auntie Sorella got one. Paul Ludwinski got one. Um... I think Gavin Hayes got one as well. We all expected, oh, they're just signing all these guys that they want to have in the organization and be able to, you know, just make sure that they're they're got their contract signed. They don't have to worry about anything in the next, uh, you know, over the next year or so. We all assumed Savoie was going to be part of that group. Um, and then it just kind of delayed on and eventually got done, obviously. Uh, but it just wasn't in that in that group in the spring. So and, and and two, I don't think this was ever going to be something that wasn't going to happen. I think the Blackhawks really like him. I think he's a a, a player that they need in their prospect system. Uh, a guy of his quality of, of of play, both on the ice and you know uh, as an opponent, to be able to get under the skin, get in another guy's head. Uh, we talk about a lot with with Savoie is that. It's not something you could teach a player to be. It's kind of part of who you who you are. That's your DNA as a hockey player, and he has it. So, yeah, it's 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 great. I'm I'm happy for him. He's believe he's gonna go. Uh, well, he he'll have to go back to Gatineau if not make the Blackhawks roster, which I don't foresee happening. But he'll go back to Gatineau. He'll have a, a top six opportunity with them. Uh, was a you know big big piece of their team last year. Went to the uh, Quebec Junior League. Uh, final i believe um so yeah i mean he's he's gonna have a, a good role on a good team yeah uh that contract will probably slide a year i don't he's not 20 till march so he has to be just like we've been talking about kevin korchinski mm-hmm. it's nhl or back to juniors i don't think sam samuel is ready to compete for an nhl's job just no, yet no. i mean he's probably still two years minimum away before we start penciling him in any kind of lineup but it's nice to give him his contract you know some people have asked on twitter well then why did you do it this year if he's not so what just get it done like it's, yeah like reward the kid he had a really good year a lot of progression from draft year to draft year plus one get him signed up give him a little motivation going into the juniors let mm-hmm. him know that hey you know you're part of our future yeah we believe in you exactly yep. that, that goes a long way for for a kid like that and you know he can get into back to the to the queue and and start thinking about what can i do here that's going to help me when i turn pro yeah at the end of the season so maybe he's a guy that at the, at the end of the year when his junior season ends depending on the timing 
you see maybe in Rockford for a postseason run, or yeah. maybe you give him his NHL debut, or the last regular season game of the year, or something like that. Um, and then that contract slides one year, and it, it, it doesn't kick really in next year. kick in until next season, where he will probably play he'll in be, Rockford. Yeah, he'll be he'll be. Oh, old he's going to be loved, adored in Rockford. Yes, he's like got that AHL ruggedness <laughs> and spirit already. Already, yeah, he's going to be. There's going to be Savoy jerseys all over in Rockford yeah. uh, next year. For that. I don't have any doubts about that. Our pal Hockey Night on Twitter said, finally someone to replace Andrew Shaw and the crucial taking a penalty during the power play role. Well, <laughs> hopefully he gets that out of him a little bit. I mean, look, it's always good to have guys that play on the edge. Uh, and when you have guys that play on the edge, they're going to go over the edge every now and again. And it's something you live with because – the positives outweigh the negatives big time. I think you would say the same about the majority of Andrew Shaw's time in Chicago, that, yeah, there were times you wanted to strangle him because of the dumbass things he did, but more often than not, those things were effective and positives for the Blackhawks and for him and negatives for the opponent. And no slight on, on Samuel Sauvain, but I hope the Blackhawks roster is talented enough that he's not playing on the power play. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't foresee that. I, Even I, just looking ahead of like. The Andrew Shaw on the power play was kind of like eh at times yeah. too. I mean, he did the, he did serve a purpose. You stand in front of that, let the puck hit you, go yeah. in that. Sure, but like a lot of those times, there were better options. Oh sure, him, Shaw so. was good at the shoveling garbage thing though. You know, the rebounds in front, he could yeah. corral and and score with. But if all that, things go well, there won't be any yeah. need for him to even play on the power. Yeah, play. you wouldn't think so. Right, yeah. Not not regularly at least. Right, I agree with that. Um, Bex is calling you out that you did not get the shirt memo, Greg. I did not. You guys are jerks. You didn't tell well, me. Well, no, actually, thank you, because I don't have this in T-shirt. I have this in sweatshirt form. Well, guess what, Greg? And I'm not wearing the sweatshirt today. It's, it's a great week for you to get this shirt, because this shirt and our legendary 81 design are 50% off this week through Sunday at the CHGO see, Locker, as well as the... Geniuses. See that? The, the Brawler Cubby design, the Southside Baseball Club, the King in the Fourth design, the Brick by Brick design, both Blue Skies shirts. So go to chgolocker.com for 50% off this week. And yeah, if you're a diehard, your code still works. You'll still save. So jump on there, chgolocker.com. The two Hawks designs are the ones that Mario and I are wearing, the CHGO Hockey and the legendary 81 number retirement. We can't say his name officially on the show, but you know who we're talking about. We have his DNA in a water bottle. We're having him cloned as we speak. True. What you can't see over there is very much like in Star <laughs> Wars. There is a tank yeah. with a little baby 81 growing in it. <laughs> and every day we come in, it gets a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And in 10 to 15 years, we'll have a new, we'll have a new number 81 for you. Thank you for leaving your water bottle behind. Yeah. Sucker, <laughs> we have to. We do have to coordinate because uh, I think Thursday, as we're broadcasting from the uh, National uh, Sports Collectors yep. Convention, is that is that the official? Yep. Over in Rosemont, all of us are broadcasting, so we're going to be rocking our CH Joe merch. We should coordinate which shirts we're going to wear that day, so we're all not wearing the same. I'm wearing one. my Skyline shirt. I uh, CH Joe Bean. Okay, I will wear the. Uh, I got the red. CHGO script. All right. That leaves a lot of options for me. All right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll either wear the legendary 81 shirt since it's on sale or maybe our captain shirt. That's a good one. There since you go. our uh, rookie shirts haven't shown up yet. They will be here soon. I'm certain of they're, it. They're, they're, they are in the mail. When from, will then be now? What soon. social media <laughs> tells me. 
So right. awesome. All right, why don't we uh, tear open the mailbag now that we've uh, gotten to our Samuel Savoie has signed uh, segment. I know we've got a lot left over, so Sarah, why don't you kick things off for us? Plenty of leftovers. Gladly, gladly. Our first question is from Eric, Eric B. Wondering if you guys would be interested in projecting the 24, 25, or hell, even the 25, 26 Hawks line slash roster. No. Of course, of course <laughs> we have no idea what will really happen, but could be a fun way to think about potential prospects development and team elevage. Tune in in August. That sounds, that sounds like, like a, a nice a August full show idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to predict uh, that 25-26 uh, roster. Let's get weird. Let's have a... Let's get really weird. Let's yeah. have like an all-German line. We draft another <laughs> German kid this year. Sure. And we throw him out there with Leon Dreisaitl and Lucas Reichel. Sounds good to me. Gross. All right. I really think, though, I, that Kyle Davis, as much as we've heralded this free agency class of this summer... I really think he's eyeing the summer of 2025, and that might that class yeah. is actually better if all those guys actually hit free agency. That's yeah, that's the caveat. Re- everyone's looking at Matthews at the top of this one. But I don't think he even I gets there. Let's put a percentage on Matthews reaching free agency: 10, 10 percent, fifteen, less than fifteen. Yeah, I, I Toronto can't just let Austin Matthews walk. They Even can't. if they try to trade him at the deadline or whatever, they're not. They're going to still be in contention. Well, his 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 no trade clause no kicked trade in clause, yeah. at the beginning of the month. Yeah, but if he wants out, he'll waive it. I mean, but why sure. would he? Maybe he wants out. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's unhappy I mean, with it, being it, the it, scapegoat for all the failures. I mean, if he's very ha- unhappy, then what better way to get revenge is to stay there and then leave for nothing. That's yeah, true. Cause, <laughs> cause, then they get nothing. Because they're likely going to be in the playoffs. You would think. And he'd probably stick around for that, try and up, you know, put, put one more playoff run on his resume. And then, yeah, if he was really unhappy, just walk in free agency. You get nothing. Like You get nothing and like it. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, I, I think they're going to target twenty twenty five. Yeah, and if those guys, the, all those names that are there, I think it's a better class. There's a like, lot of good ones, and I really think Leon Dreisaitl is not going to resign in Edmonton. And that gives you two seasons, this upcoming one and twenty four twenty five, to see Bedard as an NHL player. See Reichel as a full-time NHL player. We're likely going to see Kevin Korchinski become yeah. a full-time NHL player at that point. Two more years of these last couple of draft classes. You see, develop. yeah, you see two two professional seasons of Drew Camezzo, Nolan Allen, Colton Dock, uh, Ethan Del Mastro. In two years, we might be talking about a bunch of guys that are 20, 21, 22 years old. Uh, Bedard will be 20, barely. Um, and you might just be like, yeah, the new group is exactly what we want them to be. They're all here. Now let's go and get the guy that is going to play the, the Hosa role yep. that, he, that, that he did that in, would, in the summer of 09. Very similar. And, and Dreisaitl would, would do that. Yeah, and he would be able to, you know, he'd be in another situation much like Edmonton, but would hopefully a much deeper, better team. He'd mm-hmm. have that superstar guy named Connor to play with, but... You know, what we're seeing with Kyle Davidson, there's two things that general managers do. They either build a team or fill out a roster. And it really seems like Kyle Davidson is building a team. Yep. 
he's building guys that he is already picturing. Like, while we can't sit here and predict what the lines are going to be for the 25-26, I bet you Kyle Davidson has a pretty good idea. Because mm-hmm. he's drafting these guys to say, okay, this guy would play well with these guys. And these guys collectively would be a great top six yeah and he's getting the he's, he's he's getting the leadership qualities he's building a team he's not just filling out a roster yeah. too many nhl gms just fill out their roster i need a left winger i'm gonna just draft a left winger yeah or i'm gonna sign one I, I, I need a i need a gritty grindy guy let me just grab one who i don't care if he mixes well with yeah. Exactly. Line mates, and they overpay like for that. Michael Bunting on the free agent. Sure, yeah. Like, it, there's a difference between the two, and we're seeing we're seeing Kyle Davidson build a team. Yep. So it's it's too early to really see how it's going to turn out, but I mean, it, it's looking pretty darn good so far. Uh, Chris says, if Edmonton continues to make playoff runs, I don't see why Drysaddle wouldn't stay. I don't know if they're going to be able to pay two guys max contracts because if, if, because after. Drysital is a free agent. McDavid only has what one or two years left on his current deal. Yeah. So and if they keep coming up short too, right? He's taking his fair share of heat in Edmonton for not, you know. Yeah. Even yeah, McDavid is a fr- or I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, McDavid will become a free agent after the 25-26 season, whereas Drysital is after the 2024-25 so season. So in back-to-back year. years, they're free agents. You yeah, you're not going to be able. You to can't pay keep both of them unless and the unless the salary cap goes up by 20 million. And McDavid currently makes 12.5, and he's certainly getting a raise. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think Leon Drysdale. If if it's another two seasons of Edmonton losing in the conference finals, losing in the second mm-hmm. round, he's got a chance to come here where he can. The Hawks can pay him more than Edmonton can. And at that point, they're going to have some flexibility with cap room because yeah. a lot of the players that they're hoping make those steps all on e- will on either be have one more year of their entry-level deal done or will be owed a, uh extension after that season. Right. So so you, can, you could probably pay him more. You could pay him more than Edmonton can because you can't pay both Dreisaitl and... And well, if you, the, and if you, the caution, you got to be cautious, though, because... If you're going to give him 13 million, I think it's safe to assume that Connor uh, Bedard's next contract is going to be huge too. So you're going to be right in a situation sure, yeah. Edmonton was with two guys making huge money, and then what do you do with the rest of the that's, roster? That's why that that third tier of Mario's pyramid is so important, right? You just keep putting guys that are playing on yeah, the which entry is the level fattest deals. tier, yeah, yeah, which is why it's our favorite. That's the hope. But that's why yesterday I talked about like I I, I obviously Austin Matthews or Leon Drysaddle is the dream. But are you better off going with like a tier below, like a Sebastian Ajo type of player that's not going to command top, top, top money, but it's going to be a really nice compliment to Bedard and Reichel and the people that are here without commanding that massive, massive yeah. contract? Give me Miko Rantanen. The sure, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, twist my arm. Yeah, yeah. settle for Miko <laughs> Rantanen. Well, that's the that's the conversation we had uh, a while a while back. Would you rather have one sixty goal scorer on your team or two thirty goal scorers? I right. I would, I'd, as much as the 60-goal score would be amazing and fantastic, having two options that can put up 30 goals is, I think, a little bit better. Depth wins. That's what wins. Uh, and Chris uh, adds, I could see Edmonton going the Pittsburgh slash old Hawks, Hawks route and locking up their two guys. Remember, the Hawks won nothing after those Kane and Taves contracts kicked in. They won nothing after that. Yeah. So that for the length of those sure. contracts, the Hawks had no Stanley Cups, no deep playoff runs. Would they win one playoff series? Zero. If you count the bubble? 
if you count the bubble. So that's it. Zero playoff series if you don't count the bubble. I, I yeah. yeah, I don't. So count I mean, the it puts you in a bad spot. And, and but I mean, they also still had the uh, capability to give out the Brent Seaver contract, which in hindsight, bad idea. Sure. So you know, oh, wait, if, let's if let you, it play if, out though. If you want to do, yeah. <laughs> it's not over yet. If you want to go through revisionist <laughs> history, you can go back and say how could that money have been allocated differently to maybe extend a contention window a little bit better. Well, Pittsburgh is the other example, right? And while they didn't make the playoffs last year, they have remained competitive with Sidney Crosby and, and Evgeny Malkin and Crystal Tang. And if they're able to somehow add Eric Carlson to the mix, they're, like, still they're lose, a playoff they're, team. But yeah, they're still losing in the first round and they're right back. Well, that, I was listening to uh, yeah. Daily Faceoff yesterday, and maybe this is something we get into on our league-wide show tomorrow. They were talking about the East and said, okay – you know, maybe Pittsburgh gets Carlson, but which Eastern Conference team is falling out of the playoffs that made it last year? And of course, every year is different, right? And there's teams that sneak up. Islanders. There's teams that are not as good as expected. But the Islanders are the team that comes to mind. Yeah, Islanders. Yes, that's that's the kind of the consensus would be the probably one. probably not Boston, but maybe Boston. If Boston finishes with 15 fewer wins, they still have 100 points. Yeah. Uh. Well, no, Patrice Bergeron. We we know that yeah, officially, but, <laughs> but still, they're still a talented team. Yeah, but no Bertuzzi. No, Bertuzzi. I mean, we're going from the historically best team in hockey to out of the playoffs. I don't see that. I, you could talk know. to me about Tampa. I could see Tampa potentially. They only made it. They made it by like six points. Yeah, yeah, but Tampa is that team that's like we don't need to bust our ass to get here. Once we get here, we're fine. Yeah, and if they're Flip in the a switch. wild card chase. I would bet on them to get out of it. Yeah, and they but will. I, I, and they I, will. They will trade three draft classes yeah, to get another, sure. to yeah, get another yeah, fourth right. line left winger. Or Philip Kurashev. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> phone lines are open, Tampa. Uh, all right. What's what's the, something we can visit tomorrow though? Yes. Let's, let's answer that question for the Western Conference tomorrow. Which which Western Conference playoff team is ready to fall out? Okay. All right. Let's go to Dan next. All right. Dan H. says, this has bugged me for a couple weeks. You guys talk about not rushing the prospects and not letting them get overwhelmed, but never apply any of that to Bedard. He's still an 18-year-old kid, but he has to be thrown in the fire. But does he have to be thrown into the fire? Well, so, Dan, what uh, does Bedard playing in Regina next year do? That's the thing, Dan. He can't play in the AHL. Yes, there's no AHL option for Bedard based on the age restrictions. So it's either Chicago or Regina. Again, and, and there's no the, point in him going to score 300 points two, for the Regina yeah, Pass. 300 points, uh, <laughs> plays, you know, breaks his own world juniors record. There's no, there's, there's nothing more that he needs to prove, accomplish, or can develop at the juniors level. And he's and, a, he's 18, but he's NHL ready. And when you're, yeah, when you're he's talking, NHL when generational talents, we're, 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 look, like time to develop. When you're talking about guys like Reichel or what they should have done with Kirby Doc and, uh, and Adam Boquist and on and on and on. None of those guys, even, even when the moment they drafted Kirby Doc, never in their mind did they think generational talent. Absolutely not. Connor Bedard is a totally different animal. When we talk about the hype, a notch below Connor McDavid, a notch above Austin Matthews, that's NHL ready. There's nothing yeah. more for him to prove at the junior level. I don't see – look, maybe he doesn't put up 120 points this year, but – what we talked about earlier, 70-ish 75, points yeah. would be a pretty realistic expectation, maybe even short-selling him a little bit. He's going to be fine. He's handled everything that's been thrown at him. And any time those people have been like, well, this will be the true test for Connor Bedard, he blows it the F out of the water. Yeah. Go look up what he did at the World Juniors this year. 
against the world's best competition, he was skating circles around everybody. Yep. When, when was the last number one overall pick that didn't go, didn't play NHL games the year after they were drafted? Because I know Sefkowski played. Power. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Owen Power, he went back. But that, but, but I mean, they, hey, look, that panned out well for Buffalo because he got an extra year in Michigan joined the Sabres at a time where they were ready to kind of swing back on the on the upward trajectory um, and he jumped right in and his contributions to their defensive group right away make them a team that's like hey th- we talk about who could fall out of the east Buffalo is a team that would that I think is going to take that spot of whatever team uh, could potentially fall out from last year I think Buffalo is primed to step up and, and, and be a playoff team this year and so yeah, I, I he, think that's the only one in a, I, in a long time. As I look back, even going back to like Rick DiPietro started in the NHL, right? As a goalie? Did he? Maybe he was like the last one to do a little bit of minors before he came up. Even even Fleury played as a 18-year-old, right? Right. So yeah. DiPietro in 2000, Kovalchuk, Nash, Fleury, Ovechkin, Crosby, Johnson, Kane, Stamkos, Tavares, Hall, Nugent Hopkins, Yakupov. McKinnon, Ekblad, McDavid, Matthews, Heeshear, Dahlin, Hughes, Lafreniere, Power, Slavkowski, Bedard. I yeah, I think I think, think Power's the only one power. who didn't jump yeah. right in. Yeah, and but this isn't, you know, this isn't a Shane Wright situation where like he's was dominant in juniors but wasn't quite ready for the NHL as we saw. Connor Bedard, you watch him play. Yeah, he's playing against other teenagers. There's no doubt he can take the NHL right now mm-hmm. and be very good in the NHL. So that's why every player, and Kyle Davidson has said this, every player is on their own development path. Yeah. There's not a set rule that every player has to have one season with the Ice Hogs before coming to the to – the, yeah. uh, you know, They're not going to be Lucas Reichel and held back a year, essentially, because you were trying to get Connor Bedard. When you're ready for the NHL, you're going to play. Connor Bedard – is ready for the yeah. NHL. Well, and, and just remember, too, like, Patrick Kane came right into the league as a small guy, right out of junior. Tell me, like, count uh, how many fingers does it take to count how many times he was hit hard during his career? The one time? One hand. <laughs> one, I really, like, one seriously, I, maybe yeah. a handful of times did he take a hard hit. The time he broke his collarbone, uh, Matthew Dumba got him good once. None other really comes. That's to mind. it. Like he's he's an elusive player, and it, it's just kind of a very similar. Like you don't see guys like Connor Bedard or, or Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid getting laid out very often. No, it just they're just too. They can see the ice too well. They move too well. And the other thing is, and I'll never forget this as a kid. I was at a Hawks Penguins game. I had really great seats. My buddy's brother brought us. We were maybe fifth or sixth row. We got to watch like from the blue line. Right, we were maybe couple rows off the ice and the penguins are on a power play and mario lemieux just had the puck on the glass and he was just looking around and everyone's like hit him someone hit him and as soon as the hawk came towards him boop pass right out in the middle and the rest of the game he got all the space he wanted because everybody knew that as soon as you go to to mario lemieux he's going to find a teammate with the puck and and it's going to be in the back of your net and bedard is going to get that kind of respect from people well you'll see people Instead of trying to run him, they're gonna be backing off, backing off, backing off, just holding on for dear life against him. Right. Think think about those games in a bubble. Every time Connor McDavid stepped foot on the ice, 
it was terrifying yeah <laughs> every time and it's just like it just felt like a matter of time until he scored yeah and with and with bedard the the skill set is you know what what tool can he use to beat you is it going to be his shot is it going to be his skating ability is it going to be his ability to set up teammates like he has so many different tools to use uh that once he once he gets them into the nhl and once he gets you know up to that speed i think there's going to be uh it's going to be really hard to to like you said jay kind of like for for teams to get really aggressive against him because he's he's one of those guys that will learn how to use that against you and and you know be able to to utilize teammates in 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 that kind of way so yeah i i just think there i mean even look at how development camp was every other prospect knew but you know without having to like say it everyone knows he's at a different level than everyone else that was at development camp and and that's why i think there was a, a concerted effort from both Bedard and the Blackhawks to kind of make sure that, hey, like, let's let's all be on equal footing here so that we don't set up this prospect hierarchy within the organization where everyone just defers to, well, Bedard's going to do something, so I'll fall in behind him. It's we're all we're all here at the same at the same level right now, and we all look to him to be like, well, I want to work as hard as he is, so I can I can be thought of at the same same level as him yeah absolutely and, and don't underestimate to the uh the addition of taylor hall which i think is going to be just massive yeah just massive for him uh not because not na- taking the pressure off him to put the puck in the net too but just the leadership thing the getting some attention on that line you can't leave taylor hall alone no. or he's going to let you up too so uh I, I think they're handling this very very well and counter bedard more than anybody if you watch any of our shows from development camp week Every time the kid speaks, you feel more and more confident that he's going to be the guy. And look, if Rockford was an option, which it's not, if he has, you know, 10 games in and he just looks completely lost, they could send him down, he's not going back to the Western Hockey League. No. There is no point. I don't think that's going to happen anyway, but no, it is a. It is not a, yeah, don't worry about it. No. And look, they're not trying to win this year either. So if there's some growing pains with him, good. Get him out, out of the way now. Yep. So in two, three years when you're ready to contend, he's got all the bugs worked out and he's at full speed. Speaking of bugs, I'd love to be a fly on the wall the day Team Canada calls Kyle Davidson asking if they can loan Connor Bedard yeah. to the World Juniors. <laughs> yeah, I think we'd uh, the double birds, the immediate hang up. Yeah. There no, should be a, they should have like a phone. Who they should have like a voicemail. <laughs> if you're calling to inquire about Connor Bedard's availability for World Juniors, press one. And then you hit it and it just says no. And it just hangs up on you immediately. If you're, if you're inquiring <laughs> about Connor Bedard, take your phone, <laughs> throw it under a steamroller. And turn that some bit sideways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bend over and steam. Well, you know, somebody was mentioning him still playing the inline hockey thing yeah he's doing that this summer i'm sorry yeah you could stop that yeah i <laughs> look fun is fun what's, i mean and we all love that? hockey and i'm glad he's staying active but all right that's enough i don't want some no name canadian pudwack taking a run at some more who can't I mean, skate falling they're probably there's, not gonna catch him but but there's so many players that play in summer leagues in in some way shape or form there's zegris played in plays the roller hockey in the summer like i don't I think a lot of these leagues have other pros in them or other other high-end guys, young guys, and, and other pros. I mean, we saw a video of Evander Kane playing in, in, you know, men's leagues and stuff. These guys these guys go out there and, and play these leagues in the summer just to keep 
keep up with skating and keep up with, you know, playing in some sort of even 50% of their, of their speed of a game to, to, to stay fresh. I don't have any problems with that. I don't have any concerns that someone's going to try and two hand them in the ankle or anything like that. I, I think there's, I just have too many, I guess it's Kirby doc. PTSD. Every and time they sent Marutu him, PTSD. Every time they sent Kirby Doc to something extracurricular, he came back hurt. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well. Uh, Zach Osborne's the guy who was watching. He says, "I'll be honest. He was playing at like twenty percent effort, and there were one hundred percent Pudwax playing against him." <laughs> See, that's my concern. <laughs> but even at twenty percent of Connor Bedard, no Pudwax can even like come close to touching. Uh, I suppose. No. I suppose so. Uh, hey. You're looking to go back to school? Are you an adult and you're tired of your crappy job? Well, students just like you with full-time jobs, families, and full-time sports fandoms, most importantly, are going back to school to earn a respected degree from my alma mater, Lewis University. Lewis is 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville and is ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work, family and education lewis's, lewis's faculty brings real world experience and instruction to the classroom which is immediately relevant to your career and they can offer support and academic resources for adult students if you're looking to compete your complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program lewis has the right one for you they offer several career focused programs that will set you up for success the cybersecurity. Uh, grad program. Lewis is a Department of Homeland Security Center of Academic Excellence in Cybersecurity, providing students with scholarship funding not available elsewhere. They've also got the Great Computer Science grad program. Eight-week sessions can be completed in one year with concentrations in software engineering, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, digital forensics, enterprise, and cloud computing and they got the adult undergrads as well computer science aviation maintenance technology certificates business analytics criminal justice business programs and technology programs discover how a degree from lewis can help you build a better world learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this go fly a plane at lewis go fly a plane at lewis and when you land Go over to Goose Island's couple locations here in the city and have yourself a nice cold beer on a successful flight. Hey, uh, CHGO is proudly presented by Goose Island. They are the uh, beer sponsor of us here at CHGO, and they have been Chicago's beer since 1988. And they have an extensive award-winning beer roster, including the Goose IPA, a six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest, which is always in style with a citrus aroma and bold hop finish. You got the Tropical Beer Hug, the Dry Hopped Imperial IPA that is dangerously easy to drink at a 9.9 ABV. One of those on a nice warm summer day will take care of you nice and good. The Full Pocket Pills, it's the everyday beer what the Goose Island beer brewers are drinking. And of course, the Golden Cans, the 312, the Wheat Ale, the staple of Goose Island's roster, and so many more. And you can grab ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can go to their tap room on Fulton Street here in Westtown. Again, that is the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. All right, let's get back to the mailbag question. Sarah, what do we got next? Okay, we got from Scotty, Iowa, 23. Scott, Iowa, 23. If there was no worries about money, what country would you open a hockey school to teach and support the game? Which non-top tier country is different, if different? You know, 
It's a great question, and I, I think it just came up. Germany always seems like a country that's every few years they'll get a they'll get a championship team or an Olympic team that's decent. Yeah, they're not quite like up to the level of Sweden, Finland, U.S., Canada, Russia. They've been growing. For They've sure. been growing. I think in Latvia has been. Yeah, uh, pretty impressive over the last few years as well. Yeah, they just uh, what was it? World Championships this last year beat the U.S. in the uh, in the bronze medal game. So, yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting. I think um, if I were to if I if money's not an option, if I were to open up a hockey school, uh, I'd go to Australia. I think for some reason, I just feel like winter sports in Australia there is like. A thirst for that and obviously you'd have to set up a state-of-the-art uh hockey facility that yep. could deal with the temperatures in australia but like you know australia rugby soccer cricket like those are the big those are the big ones out there but there is a, a robust you know baseball and uh american football basketball um fan base and and, and market out there why not try out hockey why not? Like, I, I think that would i think that would be fun I, and and Australian people in sports, uh, they feel. I feel like they would be tremendous hockey fans. <laughs> I think they would make the game a lot of fun. So I'd say Australia. Yeah, those are good choices. I think I know it's not considered one of like the different countries, but I would make a better effort in like the inner cities of this country, or not necessarily inner cities, but just make hockey more affordable yeah. in the United States. Yes, the game has grown big time here. As we've seen, you know, all the, the young players come through. But in order to play hockey in this country, your parents have to have a buttload of money. Yeah, it uh, is not But it is an expensive cheap. sport to play. So I would focus more on maybe getting some of the kids here in the United States that don't have the means to play hockey but want to and are could be good players focus on those kids and getting them to the opportunity to get ice time to get the equipment to learn accessible yep Yep. it's it's uh you know yeah it's hockey has grown a ton in the past 10 20 30 years in the united states but it's basically from one demographic you know it's it's coming from your wealthy affluent communities And it's very hard for anybody that doesn't live on the North Shore or in, in, a, in a, you know, to have, you know, parents who have good money. Yeah. Uh, it's not just money. It's also time. Yeah. You got to do a lot of the traveling. Time and, yeah. and, and resources, too. Um, it's not I, I know, easy. I know the Blackhawks are, are going to move forward with their expansion of, of Fifth Third, which I, I hope will help build up you know hockey with within the city of chicago because there's there's a lot of great rinks in the city but it seems like the some of the best facilities are always seen kind of on the in those in those suburbs so i'd love to see and it's obviously the blackhawks are are putting their their money into it to expand their fifth third arena efforts and and expand that space and the amount of ice that can be available um yeah I, i i think the accessibility to the game is more than putting the NHL players back in the Olympics or or a cup of hockey or whatever, more than marketing, you know, your star players and everything, being able to, as a kid, pick up a hockey stick, um, even just, you know, playing floor hockey or something and be able to say, oh, I really liked what I did in this summer program or in this gym class. 
I want to, and I, and I love, I love watching it. I want to also play it and to not have to drop $700 to get a stick, a helmet, hockey skates, right. and, and to get into a school, into a, into a learn to skate program or a learn to play program. Yeah. Uh, that goes miles further than, than anything else that the NHL can do just by putting it on TV. It's part of the reason why hockey as as far as sports popularity in this country is always fourth or lower yeah. because you can identify as a kid with these sports by playing them. Mm-hmm. That's why soccer is so popular among younger people in this country. You need a ball and grass. So many kids grow grass. up playing soccer. Just a ball and a, yeah, a trash know, can. Everybody played baseball when I was growing up. Basketball is easy. You get one kid with a ball, you go find a park with a hoop, you could play. Mm-hmm. Football, you just need a ball and... and, and just throw it around. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's so... I would find... I would invest in the game right here in America to make it more accessible and grow it here where it's still... It's gotten better, but it's still got a ways to go. By the way, you mentioned the Fifth Third uh, expansion. I got some clarity. The construction that I saw a couple weeks ago is actually the staging ground for the Blue Line rebuild. So that's what's happening right there, right now. So as far as we know that... back the the program at the Hawks game? (laughs) No, I mean the the L line. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, The Blue Line rebuild is happening right in the area, which is nice because that means there will be a train stop right there, hopefully. Yeah, which would be great. That would be helpful. Yeah. So... There you go. Next. Next one we got from uh, Armathist. Sure. Armathist. Armathist. How close is the gap between David Yurisek and Kevin Korczynski? Still can't get over the Seth Jones trade. We'll get over the Seth Jones trade. (laughs) The guy who made it is no longer here. Context is the the, uh, first round draft pick that the Blackhawks traded in the Seth Jones deal to Columbus ended up becoming David Yurasek, who was picked one selection before Kevin Korczynski. Yurasek, being from uh, Europe, was able to go right into the AHL and mm-hmm. played very well uh, at the AHL level, which I think if Korczynski was available and eligible to do, he could probably replicate that as well this upcoming season. So as far as the developmental difference i think it's it's razor thin if anything uh i don't think we need to compare and contrast these guys they're very different players too yeah and they they play different styles i think yurisek is more of a more of an all-around defenseman um might not have the offensive upside of korchinski but korchinski doesn't have uh you know yurisek doesn't have as many questions defensively uh in his own end as korchinski comes with at this point in their in their development so Potato, potato. Uh, Scott Wheeler's rankings, by the way, they came out, uh, what, last week? A little bit? Maybe the week before? Uh, Juracek is ninth. Korchinski is 22nd overall among mm-hmm. prospects. But there's only three defensemen between them. So it's Juracek at 9, Brant Clark at 10, Simon Edmondson at 11, and David Reinbacher at 20. Kevin Korchinski is number 22. So yeah, yeah. there's three, three defensemen between those two names. Mm-hmm. Okay. What and tiers do you think they'd be in? I think they would all kind of be in your second tier. Right. The pyramid success yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I would say your sec is higher because he's got that year of yeah, professional AHL. experience. He's, pro- he's closer to being an everyday NHL player, I think. Uh, but as far as talent goes, not exactly the same type of player. But I think down the road, both of those guys are going to be 
top pairing defenseman for a long time for mm-hmm. their franchise. I, I think too, like his game, which is more defensively focused, probably has fewer questions about it than Korchinski's does because the defensive game's already arrived for Juracek. And now it's a now it's a matter of getting to the NHL, you know, adjusting to the speed, those sort of things. There's still a lot of questions as to what Korchinski can handle defensively. Yeah. Which will get answered uh, in the preseason and he'll probably get a handful of games to start the year anyway. We're going to find out, but I think because Urasek is more of a uh, defensive-minded guy, you're able to sort of see that develop more quickly. And we haven't had a chance to see Korchinski up against men yet, right? Like uh, Urasek has had. So we'll see. We're going to find out soon. But I wouldn't sweat it. And let the Seth Jones trade go. You got a really good player in Seth Jones. I think people forget that Seth Jones is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's overpaid probably by a million bucks or so. So is 95% of them. Yeah, but it's, it's fine. Like, don't move on. Enjoy Seth Jones. He's a really, really good player. A lot of people don't want to admit that, but that's okay. All right. On to the next one. Bretzy Endgame. Brett, Endgame? Bretzy yeah, sure. Endgame. Right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the additions of Taylor Hall and my favorite player, Nick Fl- Folingo? Folino. Folino. Silent G. Folino. Coming to Chicago. Uh, we talked about Taylor Hall a little bit and how Chicago. much that's going to help Connor Bedard. They're going to be probably line mates from day one. That's the in, I mean the main reason they went out and got Taylor Hall was to give Bedard somebody to play with. And I think he's going to thrive back in a top line opportunity. He was a little yeah. bit buried in Boston because of their depth. That's um, the only reason why Boston's not making the playoffs because these two guys are here. There you go. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. I, I love Felino. I think Felino is the perfect kind of guy you bring in to a young team who's going to provide leadership without the intimidation factor. Yeah. You know, we're talked about having a fresh start from Kane and Taves and the presence those guys have. Felino is a presence without being a guy that commands the room. He's He's a guy that will be able to step in and, as a new guy, have a voice but it's not his locker room. And I think that's that's the, the, the main difference right. there. He's been a captain for a long time before. Um, he's had a very long career. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy that's been an all-star. Like, he's, he's the perfect kind of player to bring in for this, like, transitional period of, of the Blackhawks, tri- you know, going from Taze Kane and, and all the cups and, and all that to this new group that will eventually be coming up to the NHL. So I think he's a, a good guy to help bridge that gap of, of, of time. And, and yeah, I think Taylor Hall is another guy who's good for that too. He's on a two, he still has got two years left. So it'll be this season and next season uh, at least. We'll see what, you know, what else happens uh, with Taylor Hall. But I think he's, he's a great guy to bring in for Bedard specifically as, as well as the rest of the group because he's a former MVP, former first overall pick. Um, you know, was the first overall pick in Edmonton, a very, you know, very hockey, uh, I don't want to say hostile, but very intense hockey market. And um, I'd say Chicago as a hockey market is not hostile. I don't think anyone of us are going to accuse Bedard of being pissy ever in his career. But um, I, I think Taylor Hall is a great guy to bring in to kind of help him with that transition to the NHL. And then, yeah, on the ice, I think the, the skill sets match up well. It was interesting. I, w- I checked out the uh, PHNX Coyotes uh, show yesterday. Our, our buddy PD, Steve Peters, uh, gave some insight into how coaches think about putting lines together or whatnot. They did the exercise of guess the, you know, predict the lines and pairings yesterday. Uh, and he said that, you know, one thing that 
a lot of coaches will do is instead of thinking about, you know, your forward lines as trios, you're thinking more about pairs, pairs of players that can play that you plug in a third guy with Mm, and pairs of players that you'll see on a penalty kill, see on a power play. Um, so that your your lines don't get jumbled so you're not you don't have a guy from line one line two and line three playing on the power play because when the power play ends and everyone's back at full strength you have a, a mismatched line of, of of players so i think in that line of thinking bedard and hall will be on the same power play i think they'll be on the same line which will event whatever line bedard is is your top line so i think all season no matter you know we discuss we talk about oh kurt Kurashev is going to play with, but could play with Bedard, or Reichel could play with Bedard. I think all those conversations also come with Bedard and Hall are going to be together. I think that I think we'll see that all season. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Plus, I'm looking forward to covering Nick Felino. He's uh, great yeah. with the media and going to be a great, He's a nice guy, and a fun guy to have around. So, should, I, hard to complain about that move. All right, we got Jeff. If you were starting a franchise, which set of brothers would you take? The Kachucks oh, or the Hughes? I love this question. That's a great question. <laughs> it's not as difficult as, as... I'm taking the Hughes because there's three of them and they're all younger. There's three of them. <laughs> and yes, I agree. It's the Hughes. There's four of them. There's another... I think there's another Hughes coming behind sure, Luke. throw him in. He could be the... Uh, <laughs> Hughes. He could be the... Uh, what was the Stahl brother that never really made it? There was Eric Letus, Jordan... Jared. Mark. Jared Stahl. Jared Stahl. Jared Stahl. Yeah. Jared, yeah. He He's be, the Cooper Manning of the yeah, group. He, yeah. He, he, so bring on all the Hughes. Give me, I, I would take the Hughes, A, because there's three. <laughs> Maybe four. <laughs> it is. Uh, where Brady and, and, and Matthew Kachuk, both really good players, but they kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Whereas. The redundant. You have. Luke, Jack Hughes is your, is your star forward. Number one center. Your number one center. I don't have to worry about a third of my defensive pairings for a long time. Yeah. Quinn and Luke back there. Quinn, Quinn's a top top pair guy. Luke, Luke Hughes could be probably is yeah. at least top four. So, t- t- to me, they just need a Hughes brother to play goalie. There you go. Let's get Roberto Hughes out there. <laughs> <laughs> Roberto Hughes. Uh, yeah, Corey I, Hughes? I, I, I'm going to go with the Hughes brothers as well, just because you 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 check multiple boxes. Uh, across the board and as much as it would be a ton of fun to have Matthew Kachuk and Brady Kachuk playing together on like the same line uh, that would be a monstrous line to play against it'd be frustrating as hell to watch though because you'd be like stop doing stupid things <laughs> they'd, just, <laughs> they'd just be the 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 Bash brothers who also can put up 40 goals each like it'd be it'd be an incredibly entertaining line but I think if I'm building a team I take the Hughes brothers agreed I it's agree. a great question though I love stuff like that. That's perfect. That's perfect summer mailbag Monday question. Love it. On a Tuesday. Even on though Matthew Tuesday. is my favorite player in hockey. Yep. Still. All right. We got one more from Dominic. If Raquel. Raquel. I always say Raquel. If Reichel is able to put a 50, 60 point season, what kind of term slash money would be fair for his next contract? I think they're going to bridge him. Yeah. I think that's coming. He's a bridge deal for four by if he puts up 50 to 60 points i say four by five and a half that's fair yeah i think that's that's a good number because that makes him 25 at the end of that deal still an rfa and when people kind of were like why are they burning that first year of his deal 
this is done on purpose yeah, because yeah. now you get to the now you get to the second contract sooner before he's really had the chance to prove himself. Yep. And you get him cheaper and longer than you would be able to let's say let's say that he's got two years left at the end of this one, you know, starting an if opening he, day. If he put up a fifty, sixty point season and then the next year put up sixty, seventy, then you're talking another huge six, deal. Seven, eight million. Right. You know? They're gonna so save a lot of money this way yeah, by yeah. buying this year. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I think, think that's about fair. I think there's a couple in the uh, a couple comments in the chat before we wrap up. I want to get to uh, I, Region Rev has said this a couple times this year. She says the pedestal uh, that we have Bedard on is mighty high. We're just going by the pedestal that he's been put on by the people whose job it is to put prospects on a pedestal. And in terms of and by our I, our eyeballs, yeah. But in terms of can't miss prospects ensure thing prospects over the last decade aside from Connor mcdavid this is the one yeah and it's not it's not just out of whole cloth it's out of years and years and years of evidence and exceptional status being granted when he was 15 years old like it's not just we like the pick so we're we're not doing this with nazar or korchinski or anybody else it's this one kid in particular mm -hmm. and it's with good reason it's with a there's, huge there's, body of evidence there's behind a it. reason multiple teams we're willing to flush an entire season down the toilet to get him. Just for the chance to have yeah. him. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and look. Hey, if you don't like him on a high pedestal, it's going to be a long 15 years for you. I mean, I, I think. I, He'll I earn think, it. He'll earn well, I your. I think part your, of that is, part of that is, is I'm trying to get in the mind of the fan, is like the whole like jinxing it mentality. Like if, if we think too highly of a kid or if we talk about him too much, then there's no way he's going to live up. I've seen a lot of people on the beat do this too. Like these massive expectations oh there's so much weight on his shoulders no he is a he is born to do this he has been working his entire life to get to this point and he is ready to go yeah he is ready to go like it's it, 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 it's i think about he's a different prospect than your normal prospect i think about how the bulls and derrick rose felt think about how people feel with Justin Fields and the Bears, and and that's that's Bedard with the Blackhawks, and maybe more. But see, okay, because I'm glad you said Fields, because I feel like Fields is a good example of maybe we as Bears fans have him a little higher than most people because the hope that he's great is so powerful. Yeah, right. But at the same time, we have all watched him more closely. Than your typical fan that watches Red Zone or watches Sports Center or whatever, we have watched every snap the kid has taken and we have seen the potential he has, yeah. right? So we're all banking on that hope. With Connor Bedard, it is universally understood from every prospect analyst in the world that he is the top guy in a tier of his own. Yeah. In this draft class and really over the last since McDavid was picked or Austin Matthews was picked, right? He's on a different level than all these other kids. So I think that's why I, I don't I don't think we're putting him on a pedestal. I think we're simply talking about him in the expectation that the hockey world has put on him and I think put on him fairly yeah. based on the evidence that he has created so far. When I I think back to last year's draft class and we heard similar things about Shane Wright as far as for the last two years, we knew he was going to be the number one overall pick. He was the top prospect in his class, blah, 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 blah. In his draft year, those, those people that were, you know, talk, talking about him and everything, 
the, the, the scouts, the analysts, everything like that, questions started seeping in, doubts started seeping in, and, and, and people started seeing things like, hey, maybe this isn't the surefire number one guy overall uh, that, that he has been built up to be. None of that with Bedard. For two and a half years, everyone has been raving, and everyone continues to rave. And so as, as far as, as I'm concerned, the people who's, like we said, the people whose job it is to watch these players, break them down, study film, the, scout, the, the team scouts, the, the league scouts, the you know, people with the athletic, all the, all the uh, analysts, uh, guys like Chris Peters, Cam Robinson, Scott Wheeler, all these people, not, not one of them has said, you know what? I have my doubts about Bedard. Not one of them. Yeah. So who are we to say we have doubts about him? And I get it. I'm the type of person that the second anybody says a TV show or a movie or a band is so great, everybody says it's great, it's great. I'm the first person who goes, screw that show. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> Probably sucks. I get that. I understand that to a degree. But, like, this kid is going to be worth the hype. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have mm-hmm. I don't have many doubts about that. Well, I mean, just just an example, and I'm glad you mentioned Shane Wright, right? For because going in the last year's draft, it was kind of assumed that he was going to be number one until he wasn't, and he had a big fall off. 2023 World Junior Championships, he had seven points in seven games. Nothing to sneeze at. Shane Wright, solid contribution. Shane Wright, yeah, yeah. Connor Bedard, in the same seven games, had 23 points. 23 points, 9 goals and 14 assists in 7 games. Yep. Is that good? It's a different level. The last person to put up that many points in a World Junior was, what, Peter Forsberg? When he I, did it? Some, I believe some, that's he, right, in, yeah. in that echelon, like Eric Lindros, when he was, you know, playing for the World Juniors, was putting up points like that. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's just not something that you see every day. In 1993, for Sweden... In the under-20 World Junior Championships, Peter Forsberg had 31 points in seven games. <laughs> seven goals and 24 assists. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to be in Checks that, to, to be in that <laughs> same breath of, of, of those players at that time in their career and us having the benefit of seeing how their careers played out, it's good company to be in. How, how, how often does a player be compared to players of the caliber of McDavid and Crosby and Matthews uh, and break records that Eric Lindros held and, and, and all the, you know, all you think of all the major Canadian junior players that have come through and all the guys that played for the World Juniors uh, played in, in the CHL and all these records that Bedard broke over his single season, over his career, all that stuff. How many players, A, fall into that category of being able to do that and then B, get to the NHL and bust out? It's probably fewer times than Patrick Kane has been hit hard in his career. Yeah. So I, there's, I, I, again, and I just, I just think like there's, there's been no reason to, to doubt his, his skills, his capabilities, his readiness, his maturity level, seeing him through development camp, talk with him. Like, like you said, Jay, like the only thing he wants to do is play hockey. He, 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 came to an off-ice development camp for a week and said, hey, can I get on the ice? Yeah, like, I just, just want to play. Right. You it's, that's, all he, that's, that's, that's all his young mind is focused on, which is incredible for young minds of today to be centrally focused on something that is, like, just that. Um, 
So I just there, there at, at every corner, there has never been a seed of doubt that this kid is going to be what everyone believes he's going to be. You could argue that the, the Bedard performance this past year was more impressive than the Forsberg because the overall competition well, quality of competition, quality is better. Of competition. And what's probably goalies looked like in 1993. Well, and, right, and yeah. plus, <laughs> as multiple people have mentioned in our chat. Peter Forsberg had 10 of those points and a 20-1 to 1 victory over Japan that year. There's no Japan in the World Juniors anymore. No. Nobody's, but, but, even but he still had 21 points in yeah. six games. Japan, is, Japan's team now could would kill, kill would, Japan's would, team would in 93. Would Japan team yeah. 21-1, too. Right, yeah. Yeah, so the overall quality of competition yeah. in the World Juniors is much better because back when Peter Forsberg was there, it was like Russia or Soviet Union at the time. Uh, Canada, Sweden, even the U.S. was yeah, cannon fodder for those yeah. teams. Yeah. yeah, they were. If they everything went right, maybe they played for the bronze medal. So you basically had three powerhouses, and Sweden was one of them. Now, you know, you're facing teams that could beat you on any night. I think the other thing to keep in mind with Bedard too is, you know, in this day and age, there was one dude waiting to be the hot take guy to crap on Bedard and say, I don't think this kid's as great as everybody says. I think he's the second or third best prospect in this draft. Nobody. Nobody well, said it. I can't so, wait till he doesn't score a goal on opening night in our chest. Oh, he's full of guys. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a bum. The well, should have taken Fantelli. The only thing that people have held against Bedard is the fact that he's not six foot two. Right. Like, he's, he's 5'10", 195 pounds. Built like a man as a teenager, like, like a he's the the thought that oh he's he's gonna have struggles because of his size. Just look at the kid workout; he's gonna be totally totally. Fine. You know who's gonna have struggles because of their size? Me at Cog Hill for our CHGO <laughs> kickoff classic golf tournament at Cog Hill number two. The ravines. Day. Come join us at the inaugural. CHGO kickoff classic presented by CHGO big drive energy and pins and aces that is August 25th at 9 a.m. again Cog Hill course number two the ravines you can sign up as an individual twosome or foursome register at allchgo.com if you're a diehard we've got a promo code for you email events at allcitynetwork.com to get your discount code for the tournament all this info of course is on allchgo.com just navigate over to our events tab and click the kickoff classic right at the top there your entry includes 18 holes with a cart again at cog freaking hill an exclusive pins and aces tea gift for every player access to limited edition pins and aces chgo polo Mm -hmm. hole contest great giveaways and prizes for contest holes winning teams and last place lunch drinks and a ceremony after the round jump in come join us at the chgo kickoff classic tickets are going fast as the event gets closer and closer so make sure you don't wait all chgo.com join us out at cog hill on friday august 25th for that 9 a.m shotgun start can't wait hoping for a beautiful sunny day to play some mid-level golf at best sweet I can't wait to officiate the longest putt competition. Nice. Because uh, that's what my skill set <laughs> breaks. Well, if it is a sunny day at Cog Hill, you got to be rocking the Shady Rays on the golf course because they ha- will have the gear built to last, ready to take on the sun, 18 holes worth, 
Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather with premium Polaroid shades at a very affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've ever worn. They're too humble at Shady Rays. They're better than any expensive pair I've ever worn. Their durable frames and extremely clear optics are perfect for any and all outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays has the most insane protection of all eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Maybe Jay shanks one off the ladies' tees and it hits you right between the eyes Probably. and breaks your sh Shady Rays. Ooh, yep, well, Shady Rays will exchange for a brand new pair so you can play with confidence. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the United States through Shady Rays Impacts. They're doing everything from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come and if you don't love your shady rays but you're not a weirdo so you're going to you can exchange <laughs> them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days there's no risk when you shop shady rays has your back and exclusively for our wonderful listeners the most beautiful listeners in all of podcast world that's true the chgo blackhawks crowd the best looking Confirmed. hockey fans ever mm -hmm. shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season you go to shadyrays.com use the promo code chgo at checkout you're going to get 50% off two or more pairs of their great polarized sunglasses rated five stars by over 250,000 people, including me. A lot of people, a lot me of too. stars. <laughs> how, how, many, uh, how many clips do you think we got out of that last segment on the next Every Shift episode? Oh, boy. Uh, at credited or uncredited? Uh, that's, that's a good question. I think we got at least three, one from each of us. I agree. That'd be fun. Yeah, that should be fun. Look forward to that. Uh, hey, tomorrow... Make a note, we're on at 1 o'clock tomorrow. Yes. We're on an hour earlier. 1 p.m. So Sarah can get to the baseball game. Oh, jeez. Whatever. Part of that, I think, is my fault, actually. We had we pushed <laughs> everybody is. back. Yeah. Uh, it Jake is, and I talked it, about it. It is, but it's because fine. of ours, our Crosstown Classic yes. uh, takeover <laughs> event at uh, Guaranteed Rate. Is that? Yeah. So yeah, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow? That is tomorrow. Yeah. The Sox game uh, got sold out. Tickets... Uh, limited tickets are still available for the uh, Cubs game. Jump yeah, in Sox August sixteenth, I believe. Mm -hmm. August sixteenth. It, it's on the on track to sell out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Sox is already sold out. Sox is, um, Cubs. Cubs, Cubs is, is a, it's still short. going. Yeah. It's, running short on tickets, so yeah. get them now. We are and so good at what we do here at CHGO. We make like going to Chicago baseball games appealing. Oh yeah. The teams don't do that, but we do. <laughs> That's hey, it's our job. <laughs> All right. Well, Sarah, have fun out there tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, thank I'll you. I'll be watching from the comfort of my couch. But I'll probably be out there at Wrigley. We'll see. All right. Jump on allchgo.com to buy tickets for the uh, kickoff classic golf outing. Also for the Cubs uh, version of our, of our cross-down takeovers. And join us tomorrow at 1 o'clock on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.